Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Happy Election Eve or Election Day. Whenever you are listening to this, we just wanted to give a quick disclaimer that we recorded this whole episode, assuming it would come out on Election Day, but we wanted to release it a little bit early for everyone so that everyone has this information on or before the big day. So here is your election special slash top stories episode for the week. Enjoy. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week. It is motherfucking election day, and I cannot believe it at all. I just um, literally in shock. I we've said this for weeks that we like can't believe we're here, but like seriously. And now the last few days, the anxiety that mm. I've had, but like in such weird ways. One moment I'm like, we fucking got this. Oh yeah, like literally, young voters and women, we are turning out. We are turning up. Then the next minute, I like see like a TikTok of someone being like, I was the only young person at the polls, and I'm like, immediate panic. Like see me spiraling. And this is all to say that as a result, you know, some people buy weighted blankets and I bought myself a weighted teddy bear that smells like lavender that can be warmed up to bring my anxiety down. Yeah. So this is. Love that. Oh, that's. Wait, that's smart. I love that. I want one of those. Go on. Well, I was going to ask you how you were feeling about this election and where your head's at just because I feel like everyone or not everyone even everyone has completely shifted to this side of like this election's going to shit it's on the toilet red wave like what do you actually think about it because i am getting so frustrated at those comments like i i i'm like not even anxious i'm just like annoyed i totally feel that because i think in a sense like it's a weird form of voter suppression Mm. like when you feel as though your voice is not going to make a difference or like your vote's not going to count or why would i even bother that does create like a again i'm not a doctor no one come for me like psychological effect where you react to that or you act a certain way towards that and it's these preconceived notions that it's going to go a certain way i think really can deter a lot of people and like louisiana is actually having like a really good example of that of people feeling like oh well in the past my vote hasn't counted or haven't seen it make you know a difference so you know with everything I'm hearing, why am I showing up? And so I, yeah. I don't think Louisiana is the only place that's having that happen. I've just seen and heard quite a bit coming out of that particular state about that. But I think what I will say as one, I, I don't want to say prediction, but I guess that's what it is, positive, is I think no matter where the numbers land, what how the House breaks this way how the senate breaks that way what governorships you know stay go etc is i can guarantee you that there are going to be some really amazing first-time elected officials Mm, that i really there are some candidates in this bunch that are super inspiring just absolutely badasses and i'm really excited to see them win see them do the absolute most and I think no matter what, those will be like yeah. just the the big like some a part of the big takeaways, no matter what, like your voice matters, your vote matters. And we were saying this earlier, it's in our clip with Congressman Swallow too. Like one friend group can literally make the difference in terms of the results of an election, especially at the local level, but even to that conversation at the federal level. So yeah. I'm positive. 100%. 
Yeah, I have just been so annoyed at just the the pundits, the polls, and the just kind of status quo politics that we always complain about, just thinking they know everything. <laughs> and are just we're just in such a new world. We're in such uncharted territory from everything, from like the actual issues we're voting on to the new, you know, mediums that are being used to organize and mobilize people to all of the new registered voters that have that have happened this year like I just feel like a lot of the polls I'm seeing a lot of the pundits and the commentary I'm seeing is all just like very traditional politics like rhetoric that's like talking about these demographics that politics have focused on for decades and like at least in a lot of the stuff I've heard, it's just, I feel like no, still, still nobody is talking about young people. No, like literally. And no, literally. It's fucking crazy. I, yeah, it's it's kind of a head slam against a wall, like trying not to like TBT to my concussion of doing that by a total accident in my sleep. And this is now. like the main like, stream, like, like political outlets that we're used to like seeing and political also, analysis from. So like, The New York Times, the, you know. But combined with that is also like young women specifically. Like the one Mm -hmm. big article that I saw was literally about like white women, suburban voters. And I'm like, why is this consistently? I'm not saying that some of that analysis isn't interesting or whatever, but consistently you're going to the same group and the same like. Or white working class men. Right. That's the other one I'm hearing a lot. There are so many other demographics of voters that are literally game-changing that mm-hmm. should be the focus of not just this election and what politicians fucking do and put into place policy-wise but like these are the people <laughs> that are showing up that give a shit that are yeah. the change makers and that have been making the noise all year <gasps> and yet none of the polls are reflect are talking to those people None of the pundits are talking about that demographic that have been actually making noise, speaking up all year. Well, even like Bernie was like had penned some op-ed a while ago talking about how like talk more about economics. And it's like, oh, well, that's fair. But then want to talk about how abortion is an economic issue. Want to talk about how healthcare is an economic issue. Want to talk about how like paid leave and childcare is an economic issue, because that's not what he's proposing. That's not what so many of these pundits are proposing. And it's like, Women did not forget that their rights were stripped from right. them when it's Roe like v. Wade was overturned. It's like all of the no, shit no, 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 they're no. talking about right now. We don't like, care if oh, there's reproductive rights. No, people are that's like fading. People aren't caring. I'm like, no, are you literally kidding? no. Are you kidding? And it's like, who are you talking to? You're talking to probably the people that are usually polled election after election, and we've seen over the past few elections that those polls have not been accurate. And I'm just like, I'm ready for them to completely reinvent the way that they do this research. Honestly, I don't know. It's just crazy. But we have we're going to all of these stories are election focused. So our commentary will not will not conclude here. (laughs) So we'll just get into the top stories of the week. First one is over the weekend, Trump and Biden and Obama, three presidents, hit the campaign trail hard. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. We need to take a moment for Obama. There was a clip also of him. I think this was from two weeks ago at this point, but he was speaking at a campaign rally and he was like, made some comment about his age. And some woman was like, no, you're like motherfucking fine. And it was just like, first of all, the way he played, it, he was like, did you guys hear that? Like, I'm fine. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. There's the the way that and he like post president Obama oh is also like. He's just funnier. He's like, he doesn't have, you know, people behind him, like being so puppeteering on him. Like he's just like speaks his mind a little bit more and it's iconic. And he's iconic. His personality is also what makes him so attractive for sure. A thousand percent. I'm like, Michelle, I get it. Like I I totally get it. Also still our number one couple, just in general, like obviously for us, because like obsessed. But when we ask guests for Fast Five, like what's your dream political power couple? 
10 out of 10 times. They're nine out of 10 times. It is them. Yeah. And then occasionally we get someone that like puts a really like fun pair together, like match makes themselves, which is like, you know, kind of vibe. But like it's we can't not stand it. Like it's the fucking world's best couple. If they yeah, ever break 100%. up, move oh, no. I'll just the world. I'll, I'll, never, I'll never be in a relationship never if they broke break up. That's but right. anyways, anyways, the story. Story at hand. So an election year that unfolded against a backdrop of economic turmoil, elimination of federal abortion rights and broad concerns about the future of democracy is concluding with the final day of campaigning by leaders of both parties urgently appealing to their supporters. I'll also say all of these stories come from the Associated Press, which we love and we always love. But it also is coming from that same voice that we just complained about of like kind of the traditional Mm. political resource. I just want to put that out there. But we'll add our commentary when yeah, it's needed. There it is. Well, a little spice. Um, yeah. So President Joe Biden is holding a Monday evening rally in Maryland where Democrats have one of their best opportunities to reclaim a Republican-held governor's seat. The appearance is consistent with Biden's late campaign strategy of sticking largely to his party's strongholds rather than stumping in more competitive territory where control of con- Congress may ultimately be decided. His predecessor, Donald Trump, is holding his final rally of the campaign in Ohio. Ohio holds special meaning for the former president as he oh, readies sure he another. Holds Ohio so dear to the heart. Oh, he, he loves the people lives of Ohio. And breathes Ohio. Yeah, he would die. He would take bullets for the people oh, of Ohio. Totally, Ugh, totally. So as he readies for another run for the White House, because it was one of the first places where he was able to prove his enduring power among Republican voters two years ago, Trump's backing of J.D. Vance was crucial in helping the author and venture capitalist and one-time Trump critic secure the GOP's nomination for a Senate seat. Trump was campaigning in Florida for Senator Marco Rubio's re-election, but also focused on his own political future, of course, as he, as he, as he does. After telling a crowd in Iowa last week that he is... Very, very, very probably going to run for president again. (laughs) That's a quote. That's a quote. One more time. Very, very, very probably run for president again. He again teased the possibility on Sunday and encouraged supporters to watch his Ohio rally. He said, I will probably have to do it again. We have a big, big rally. Stay tuned for tomorrow night. Do it again. Like, what is this? Like, going like back to your favorite nail salon or like, Go in your favorite restaurant. I'll just have to do it again. Totally. I'll just have to, you know, make another yeah. order. Like, okay. Not attending the Miami event was Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, who is running for re-election against Democrat Charlie Crist, who we've had on the show, and is widely considered Trump's most formidable challenger if he were also to get into the White House race. DeSantis held his own in separate events Sunday in other parts of the state where he stuck to the centerpieces of his re-election campaign, including rallying against COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Trump said Sunday that Florida would, quote, re-elect Ron DeSantis as your governor. But then he was more confrontational during a Pennsylvania rally on Saturday referring to Florida's governor as Ron DeSanctimonious. I got to give him credit. It's funny. I've never heard him say a word that large. I didn't know he knew... What sanctimonious meant, 100%. Like, the that's the pun skill there. The, like, mm-hmm. the twisting and the, I, I don't know. See, you know how we always, we talk about how we're like, is Trump, like, just absolutely a moron or is he secretly really smart? Or, like, what is it? Like, that's, like, a little flashlight of, hmm. No, you maybe. know what probably happened was somebody on his team was like, Ron DeSantis, I can't even say it. I want to say you need to like pull up the clip of him saying it Mm. to see how it flowed out of his mouth because I'm just I'm having a hard time believing that that actually happened gracefully but gracefully is a whole nother level now you're just getting complicated here yeah 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 but nonetheless no, I I thought this was like interesting though in general of the Trump versus DeSantis little rivalry moment like what's going to happen with that because like at the end of the day like DeSantis is dying to be Trump. Mm, But they are different. Like, they're both different but similar breeds of evil. Ron DeSantis is more dangerous to me because he has the same policy stances. He has the same. He's a little more palatable somehow. Yeah, but he's, yeah, a little bit more like kind of normal status quo politician that's not so like out there. And I think he has way more potential to like trick people into thinking he's not as bad as he is. Totally, because like he's almost like they both are the classic like say it as it is type of people, but they 
the way that Trump, like even like his very, very probably quote, mm-hmm. it's so absolutely like Trump. Does someone really just say that? Like, it's just yeah. absolutely like, yeah. okay, like, sure, fine, lol. Whereas Ron DeSantis would say it in a more eloquent way that would make people think, oh, wow, he's fit to hold. Right. Which is so funny because at the iron, like the irony in that, too, is like Trump's appeal to a lot of people had been and has been like, oh, he speaks like a normal person, like an everyday Joe. And then DeSantis is like the elitist version of Trump. Even right. though obviously like Trump's like, I mean, he's gone bankrupt he's five also... bazillion times, but like of that, you know, sort of character. Just interesting. Be curious. He's the establishment version of Trump. Bingo. There it is. We knew we, yeah. we would get there. We had to circle yeah. the wagons a little bit. Yeah, it's okay. It happens. But I had a guy flirt with me recently saying, We've got to circle the wagons. Oh. Wow. And I was like, interesting. Now that's stuck in my head. So thank you for that. <laughs> Anyways, ballot issues. Speak of, circle the wagon over to ballot issues. Mm-hmm. Never been in a wagon before, but it could be fun. Girl in the gov wagons. You know what wagons mean? No. We both got some wagons. Does it mean we have big butts? I don't know. <laughs> well, I do, but nonetheless, ballot issues. <laughs> wow. Okay, you learn something new every day. Okay. So some of Pennsylvania's largest counties were among those working this past Monday to help voters fix mail-in ballots that have fatal flaws, such as incorrect dates or missing signatures on the envelopes used to send them in. Election officials in Philadelphia and Allegheny, which includes Pittsburgh, announced measures they were taking in response to state Supreme Court orders in recent days that said mail-in ballots may not be counted if they lack accurate handwritten dates on the exterior envelopes. The Department of State said it was unclear just how many ballots are at issue across the state. The agency on Sunday asked counties to provide the numbers, broken down by political party. Officials said some counties were not letting voters fix their mistakes. What the literal scorched earth is that? Ahead of Tuesday's midterms, more than a million mail-in and absentee ballots have already been returned in Pennsylvania, with Democrats far more likely than Republicans to vote by mail. The numbers are large enough that they might matter in a close race, such as the contest between Democrat John Fetterman and good old Republican Dr. Oz. That could determine majority control of the U.S. Senate. So that's Pennsylvania. Now let's talk about what's going on in Tennessee, because this is a whole other can of worms in the same category. More than 430 voters cast ballots in the wrong race in early Election Day voting in Nashville, a left-leaning city that Republicans carved three ways. Sounds like a turkey. Carving it three ways for the holidays. Anyways, during redistricting in hopes of flipping a Democratic seat. The amount is a stark jump from the initial number that the Davidson County Election Commission provided last week when officials said the problem was contained to just 212 miscast ballots. Election Administrator Jeff Roberts said Monday that the initial amount did not take into account the final three days of early voting, which ended last Thursday. He also provided a list of affected voters. The new number places yet another level of scrutiny around Nashville's voting system, which has faced criticism after the Associated Press reported that voters were being given ballots for incorrect congressional and state house races. The problem involves precincts that were split during the GOP-led redistricting process, which resulted in Nashville being divided into three congressional districts. Uh, I just... So not good, especially given the sentiment that we repeat over and over here is that, like, Every single vote matters and your group text can sway an election. So this is potentially threatening like hundreds of ballots, which is not good. So hopefully that can get figured out ASAP because also just imagine how much that would suck as a voter to put in the work, do your research, try to get your voice heard and have it literally not even be counted. That's just awful. Also, to that point, if you are voting today and you are running into any issues at the polls, Please, please, please make a call to 866-OUR-VOTE. So those numbers for English, 866-687-8683. For Spanish, 888, guys, sorry, I'm dyslexic, 839-8682. For Asian languages, 888-274-8683. And for Arabic, 844-925-5287. They will help get what is happening at your particular poll location sorted. What we have also heard 
through through the channels that be, if you are having an issue at the polls, you've made a call, stay at the polling place. Do not leave. Those are the numbers. So please make sure those are saved in your phone. Share them with your friends. Again, if you're having an issue, call that number and please stay at the polls until they can assist. Yes, totally. Also, another thing, speaking of staying at the polls, stay in line. If you are voting in person, then stay in line even when the polls technically close. Say it's 8 p.m. where you're at and you know that the polls close at 8. As long as you were in line before 8 or at 8, you're allowed to vote. So don't leave. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. If you have any questions or someone tells you you can't vote or there's an issue, call that those numbers and person over the phone who knows what the laws are in your state to tell you whether what's happening is is warranted or not. But moving on to our what to watch story. So after months of these primaries, campaign events and fundraising pleas, the midterm elections that will determine the balance of power in Washington and state capitals are finally here. Republicans are predicting a massive red wave as anxious Democrats defend their narrow majorities in Congress while struggling to overcome pervasive concerns about the economy, crime and President Joe Biden's leadership. Democrats are hoping that a backlash against the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade will save them. So here are some of the themes of what people will be watching on election night. So Steve Kornacki. (laughs) Well, of course, always. But first, first things first is this red wave that was the threat early on this year. Red wave, red wave. That's all we heard. Roe got overturned. The tides completely shifted this summer. Democrats were looking good. The Inflation Reduction Act happened. And now for some reason, we're back to a red wave conversation. Again, I I personally, my thoughts on the matter is that like nobody really knows what's going to happen. And no, I'm just sick of people acting like they fucking know. I don't know. I'm not saying like Democrats are going to win landslide by any means. I'm just saying like, how can we write this off already when there's also I just saw that the mail-in ballots numbers are way exceeding 2018 when we had the most diverse Congress in history elected. So the the numbers are looking good as far as turnout. And I'm just really confused why this narrative is becoming so pervasive once again. But nonetheless. My commentary aside, we'll get into the story. All signs point to Republicans making significant gains on Tuesday, but whether it's a red ripple or a tsunami remains to be seen. Voters are overwhelmingly pessimistic about the direction of the country as inflation surges and political divisions explode. And history suggests that voters will take out their frustrations on the party in power. The party that occupies the White House has suffered significant losses in nearly every president's first term election for more than a century. Democrats were initially hopeful that the Supreme Court's decision to eliminate abortion rights might be enough to disrupt historical trends or at least limit their losses. But party leaders have turned increasingly concerned as Election Day approached. Operatives in both parties expect GOP, the GOP to win the House majority, which would require a net gain of five seats. But with a big wave, the GOP could win 25 new seats or more. Sensing opportunity, Republican groups invested millions of dollars in Democratic-leaning districts in California, New York, Illinois, and Pennsylvania in the election's final days. The fight for the Senate majority is more competitive. If Republicans pick up even one seat, they would control the Senate's upper chamber. Democrats are fighting to protect vulnerable incumbents in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and New Hampshire, while Republicans believe they're within striking distance in Colorado and Washington state. The GOP chances are hampered somewhat by flawed candidates in Arizona, Georgia, and New Hampshire, who have been boosted by former President Donald Trump. Pennsylvania represents the Democrats' best opportunity to flip a Republican-held seat, while GOP-held seats in North Carolina and Wisconsin also remain close. So at the same time, races for governor and statewide officers like Secretary of State loom larger than normal. The political environment is giving Republicans confidence in gubernatorial races in blue states like Oregon and New Mexico. Should a massive red wave materialize, Democrats may struggle everywhere. So there's that. There's that. We, we can save the commentary on that. Yeah, I think you guys know at this point, like where we stand yeah, where on we it. Stand. We're like, <laughs> I just um, we could be so wrong, but at least we know that we could be wrong. You know, I just feel like everyone else is like, 
nope, yeah. this is how that's gonna be. So it's I just feel yeah. That's I just feel like it's gonna be that. a mixed bag. If I had like gun to my head, what, what do you think is gonna happen? Mixed bag. Mixed, mixed bag. bag. I think there's gonna be some really amazing wins, and I think there's gonna be some really devastating losses. But what I will say though, and something that I think is really exciting, regardless of the actual result this time around, is I have seen some tremendous momentum and elevation of amazing candidates in really red areas that traditionally don't even run candidates. Or it's like people don't even turn a glance to. And I I think that's something in general to like pay attention to. Yeah. Tides are very much turning in so many different ways. And I think social media is like, really at the impetus of like all of that because mm-hmm. that's what's given so many of these candidates i mean also on both sides but particularly blue candidates in red areas ways to organize and actually activate and get in front of people and talk to voters and kind of you know show voters that might have been like feeling disenfranchised that they have options that these candidates there's people that want to run the people that feel like they want to take the like baton to you know make change like they do very much exist and they can win. And mm-hmm. I think that's a huge establishment problem too, is like the lack of support for some of these amazing grassroots candidates in red areas that actually can win. And they're having, these people are door knocking, having conversations that are showing that they can. And it's like, mm-hmm. wake, like to take a, a Republicanism with that like wake up America freaking sign I see with like every Trump flag everywhere. Like wake up America, aka wake up establishment. Like these people can win. They like right. I just so that's my rant on that. Well, the second thing people are watching is Roe and what that's gonna do. It's the gonna way that that sounded like a song. Oh, <laughs> that, that was just like so like it was impressive. I'm, it was impressive, and I don't even quite maybe song isn't the right way to place it, but it definitely had a certain je ne sais quoi. Mm, thank you. Wow. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, mm, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, so after the Supreme Court, I can't laugh during this conversation. Hold on. You guys, this is what happens. This is what happens. After the Supreme Court eliminated Roe v. Wade in June, Republicans, including Orange Man, worried aloud that the decision might trigger a backlash against GOP candidates, which didn't stop Lindsey Graham from then introducing a nationwide abortion ban. But, you know, it's fine. Whatever. But anyways, they worried that it would trigger a backlash against GOP candidates who oppose abortion rights. Also, side note, not in here, too, is a lot of these Republican candidates then started scrubbing anything about abortion off their campaign mm-hmm. websites. Just sure side did. note. Just side note. Anyways, and there have been signs in recent months that voters, suburban women, and younger voters in particular, were energized. They are energized, people. They are. Hence why we're all showing up today. Thank you. Oh, my God. We really cannot get through this shit without talking so much shit today. Get through it. Get through it. Get through it. Get through it. Oh, oh my God. I'm like, it's like playing the People got to go here. vote. Okay. Sorry, guys. Or maybe you're in line to go vote. Hopefully. True. True, true, true. Bring us to the polls. Oh, that's so cute. I feel like we're like in a little backpack. Okay. Samantha, get it together. Anyways, they're saying that this particular group, suburban women and younger voters in particular, were energized and ready to vote for Democrats on November 8th, but more than four months after the ruling, the abortion effect may be fading. I'm sorry. For who? Yeah. For who? For in what in what in the privilege? You know what I the mean? The other thing is like we have, as women, we have something we can do right now to fight for our rights. When it happened over the summer, protests, screaming, crying yelling all of that was happening and i'm just like it makes sense from a just behavioral standpoint why maybe right. like you don't see women in the streets like screaming anymore it's like no we're working on voting and making sure everyone turns out to vote like maybe that's what's happening maybe that's why you don't see as much energy around this issue right now is because we're acting on it a thousand percent absolutely a thousand percent this is how you know a man wrote this article and also that these comments coming out about this are from men. I just You want me to check? Yeah, wait, let's let's do a little <gasps> drum roll, please. Six things to watch. Here it is. Steve Peoples. Steve. God damn it, Steve. You didn't even ask any of your female counterparts over there. No. Come on. Clearly. Clearly not. Well, regardless, Democratic candidates have shifted their message away from abortion recent weeks, which I personally think is a mistake, at least somewhat in favor of the economy, which is an 
<laughs> Fortune is an economic issue. Yet again, my people, let's make some links. Let's make some connections, draw some circles, some fat diagrams. Thank you. But I also will say is that like, why can't we do both? Like, why right. can't right. you talk about everything? And why can't you also appeal to voters? So many voters, especially those who end up just like voting Republican because they're not like inspired by Democrats or Democrats aren't talking about what they need to talk about. You can still talk about what like Republican voters need in their life while totally. also talking like it. You can literally do both. You can do all of it. And it, for some reason. They only pick one pathway. It's like, you know, what? it's I totally agree with that. They need to think about these issues as business verticals. One day a week, we give a big focus to abortion rights. The next day and next, like everything can be targeted and segmented, just like a business vertical. And mm -hmm. they just seem to ignore that. And then I feel like they always go and like sort of go back to their back burner, like their back burner bro. They're like, okay, well, the older voters care about Social Security, which with good reason, with yeah. good reason. But they're like that. And... I well, know, I think that was the appeal too, like but I'm sorry, of John Fetterman is that like right. he he really is relatable to a lot of that working class group in Pennsylvania that is always the group in presidential elections and elections beyond that, you know, candidates try to appeal to, especially presidential candidates. And John Fetterman, I feel like, has done such an amazing job at like being everything. Pennsylvania want. is such a great like example of especially being a Democrat in Pennsylvania where you can like be great on social issues, but you can also be great on, you know, middle class issues. And John Fetterman is like the example of that. And that's why so many people resonate with him. So I don't know. I just he, feel like he's, he's done such a good job at like right. kind of hitting all of hitting all the issues totally. that people care about. And, and also some people care about some things. Some people care about other things. People have different priorities. So you have to hit all of them in order to win these voters. It's just a crazy. The message. It's help. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's it's not, I think, to the messaging is let's focus on one thing. Yeah. But people also like, I, that's also just like not how people. Operate. Yeah. But the other thing is like, even if, even though people sometimes do think like that, like your main issue is reproductive rights, but. Right. You know, Uncle Tom in Pennsylvania is like he cares about, you know, the minimum wage at, you know, the job right. he was working. Like, so everyone has different priorities and that's totally realistic. And in order to win a different, a wide range of voters, you have to hit everything. So I just hate when they like narrow in on one issue and think that they can only be one thing. It's like you have to be everything. A thousand percent. Um, but anyways. Well, anyways, if you are an elected listening to this rant or anything under the sun, the political space, and you have questions about messaging, especially on social media, hit us up. We do a tidbit of consulting. If you're we also interested have in just like entering like the new world. Hit us up because I feel like we have a good grasp <laughs> on how politics traditionally works, but also how it is not the same as it once was, even just a few years ago. So there's. A it's lot of true. adjusting that needs to be done. And we have a newsletter called Hashtag Viral, and it's social media consulting for the political space right to your inbox every Tuesday. So you'll want to subscribe, sign up for that. It's a paid newsletter. So think about like consulting that's to your inbox instead of having to sit through a meeting. We do do meetings too. So if that's more your vibe, we totally got you. But again, social media is going to continue to be a huge part of the political space campaigns now and in the future. So get on get on board come join us come get the four-on-one on how these things all come together and we're happy to be of help so check that yes. out on our website growingthegov.com slash newsletter yes 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 well the next thing people are watching are latino voters so do latino mm -hmm. voters drift further right that's a big other theme of what people are watching on election night so democrats sought to improve their outreach to latinos after underperforming with the group in 2020 but there are reasons to believe that democrats may do even worse this year among the key voting bloc long a pillar of the party's coalition 
Both parties have been especially focused on the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas, made up of heavily Latino communities where the Biden administration's struggle to address problems along the U.S.-Mexico border is a central issue there. The GOP believes it will win as many as three House seats in the former Democratic stronghold. The GOP is also bullish about its standing in Florida's Miami-Dade County, home to 1.5 million Latinos of voting age and a Democratic stronghold for the past 20 years. The GOP made significant gains there in the last presidential election. Should Democrats lose Miami-Dade, it would virtually eliminate their path to victory in statewide contests, including presidential elections. The Latino vote will be consequential in other states, but none more so than Arizona and Nevada, where Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto, the nation's first Latina senator, is locked in a close race. Very interesting one to watch for sure. I mean, I think overall... My one tidbit is, and this goes for any demographic, is they're not monoliths and both parties look at them as such. Both. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think that is a, again, another messaging problem. Right. And if Democrats do lose this demographic, it'll be a huge mistake on the Democrats' part. Yeah. And it's could have been easily solved for could have been should have been tale as old as democrats time wow so good thanks what it could have shut up the words of taylor swift that's where i'm getting it also i'm so sorry one more thing on just my rants for the day while talking about all these demographics is so important and valid and fair and should be included 100 percent. i'm just really confused why we're also not talking about young people and why is that not something we're watching when like voter registration among young people is up more than half in the states in battleground states like that's a stat like youth voter registration numbers have been outperforming 2018 which again which was the year when we elected the most diverse congress in u.s history so i'm just really confused and baffled like there should be a seventh thing here that we're watching and that should be the youth vote and the fact that it's not included in here is so crazy i can't get over it but i just i'm sorry i can't just say a thousand percent okay well let's talk about trump's candidates how they may or may not perform trump remains a dominant force of orange in the republican party but today's contest will test his strength among the broader electorate he is not on the ballot of course but dozens of trump endorsed candidates are they include several controversial picks who beat out alternatives backed by the party's establishment Should Trump's higher profile and Dorsey struggle, it would raise questions about his political strength as he weighs a 2024 presidential run that could be launched shortly after the midterms. In Pennsylvania, Trump loyalist, anti-Semitic, homophobic and racist asshole Doug Mastriano, the Republican candidate for governor, has struggled in the polls against Democrat Josh Shapiro. Trump's pick for the Senate, Dr. Oz, is locked in a close race with Democrat John Fetterman. In Arizona, gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake and Senate contender Blake Masters, who both promoted Trump's lies of a stolen 2020 election, are in position to win. Mm-hmm. Debatable. Other Trump loyalists to watch, Ohio Senate candidate J.D. Vance, which Trump called an ass kisser to him, just side note. North Carolina Senate contender Ted Budd, who's running against Sherry Beasley, who's a boss, just side note. Michigan gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon and New York gubernatorial hopeful and Trump supporter Lee Zeldin. Yes, that'll be interesting. That's the theme that we've been talking about all year is how Trump has his hands on all of these races. And he has been very prominent still. And whoever thinks that he is no longer around for those who think he's no longer around these parts. Mm. I, won't I know exactly names. what subtweet that is. I won't say names, but he's out there. Big time. Totally. And totally. he literally just basically announced his run for re-election. Yeah. He's probably going to announce a few days or days after election election night. So depending. Again, that's given that the polls are saying Republicans are going to win. So he's loving that. That's fair. But I do want to see a, a new a new fact that's emerged is I do think I have a wagon. I think. <laughs> well, for your five foot frame, maybe. <laughs> Anyways. Guys, side note. So I'm like five one ish and Maddie's like what you're five four, right? 
I'm like, yeah, five, three, five, four. Okay. Which I always thought I was tiny. And then every time I'm around Sam, I literally like feel like literally Jack and the Beanstalk. Like, I'm shrimping it up. Like it's wild. But I also like I know I'm short, but it's one of those things like I think I mean, I think it's a short girl thing, too, where you just never realize how short you are. Like well, occasionally no, you realize until you here, stand but- next to somebody like Samantha, who it's like the weirdest thing to be a generally short person and always feel short. And then, like, stand next to someone like Sam and, like, feel, like, so, so tall and large. Like, it's the weirdest, weirdest out-of-body feeling. And if anyone knows it, you know. But you nonetheless. Just, it's, yeah. Well, either way, I thought Maddie was my height for, like, the last year. No. So that goes to show my Which delusion. is crazy because we've met literally two years ago. And, like, I, I you've always kind of said that. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm literally, like, I three really think it's because I'm, you. like delusionally like everyone's taller than me so i don't think i can really see like okay look if i stand next to like a seven footer i'm like yo which anyone standing next to a seven footer is like yo this person's way taller than me unless you're also seven foot but like i think because everyone's just so astronomically taller than me in general i'm like i can't tell the difference between like someone being like an inch taller than me or someone being like six inches taller than me i don't know i don't know but that it's always a crazy experience for me to be in person with Samantha but and and you can see them in some of the pictures that we took together how <laughs> I literally look like I'm trying to think of like a there's one person. where I'm wearing like my like platform sneakers and Maddie's wearing like these like black shoes that have like a like kind of like a chunk heel and I I'm so much shorter and it's like no, it's there's one oh the crazy. elf on the shelf picture and then Sam kept like we tried to keep doing these like juxtaposed positions where mm-hmm. like one person would be in front one person would be in back were a good idea and like sam kept like going in the back i'm like no you can't do that like you have to go in front and make yourself yeah. bigger and then i'll be in the back <laughs> anyway in my head i think i'm seven feet tall that's crazy you're like a chihuahua but <laughs> no, not literally a chihuahua. the chihuahua mindset no offense to anyone that has some much love to you and your choices just well just any you have the small dog syndrome how about that okay. your dog other thing people are watching is the 2024 impact so in ways big and small the 2022 midterms will help shape the 2024 election a bad night for democrats could undermine biden's rationale for a second term and trump would almost certainly seize on sweeping republican victories as evidence of his political strength ahead of a third perspective White House bid. Good government advocates are particularly worried about dozens of election deniers running for state offices across several presidential battlegrounds. Me too. In Nevada, Republican Jim Marchant, whatever, is running to become these. Whatever. Okay. Is, <laughs> is running to become the Secretary of State, the state's chief election official. He is head of the America First Secretary of State Coalition, a collection of Trump loyalists who falsely say the 2020 election was plagued by voter fraud. America First Secretary of State Coalition. Interesting. It's the same in Arizona and Michigan where fellow coalition members Mark Fincham and Christina Karam. Caramo are running for Secretary of State. And in Pennsylvania, Republican gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano, another vocal electioneer, would have the authority if he wins to appoint his own chief elections official. Election administration aside, other statewide candidates could use a strong showing on Tuesday to position themselves for twenty twenty for the twenty twenty four ticket. Carrie Lake, who is Arizona's Republican candidate for governor, is already thought to be a potential Trump running mate. And in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, who is running for re-election Tuesday, is also considering a 2024 presidential bid, whether Trump runs or not. Honestly, there's such a big part of me that hopes and prays that Donald Trump runs for office again. Like, do it. I dare you. Interesting. I, you know, this is one of those ones where I, like, I can't quite make a decision on it's the same with biden running for a second term versus someone else like i i wish i could come out and be like i have a more concrete distinct again i think trump is a clear danger in the majority of america's minds and if we if someone on the republican ticket like a ron DeSantis, like we said who is like Mm. sneaky bad I think he has a way better chance of winning than Trump, who already got voted out, already has 
majority of the electorate kind of against him. I think his base is much smaller than we think. And there's Republicans and independents who like might have Republican values, but be like, I we can't with this man once again. Like, can he not? But again, there's a primary, so he could not win the primary too. But true. it'll be interesting. I I, I personally don't think see Trump winning a presidency again. But nonetheless, we don't need to go there yet. We have one election to deal with at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. One one step at a time here. Okay. So speaking of this, what will we know before we go to bed? For me as an insomniac, God knows. I'll be up. I'll be hanging. I'll be just Texas watching Steve Kranaki. Yeah. She'll be up literally. <laughs> we know how that goes okay well it's possible maybe even likely that the outcome in several key contests may take days or even weeks to be finalized the reasons are many in georgia a candidate must earn at least 50 percent of the vote to win outright otherwise the election goes to a december 6th runoff strategists on both sides believe the state senate race in particular may do just that so bt dubs if you if you are a georgia voter do mark your calendars that is very very likely that is you know that is a prediction that i will i will stand by what are your thoughts? Sorry, I missed it. What did you say? Guys. Guys. <laughs> I was looking at our post, our reels, where it's we fine. were in yeah, our guys, um, friends on those friends elections. <laughs> like, okay. Friends on the friends with elections. What did you say? Sorry, what did you say? I was gonna say that if you're a Georgia voter, I do feel like you should mark your calendars for the December sixth runoff. I think it's really likely that'll happen. 100 percent it's just because it's like the, at least the 50 do not go out of town of the yeah do no no you are it's like you are staying staying home a little staycation yeah. moment okay mm-hmm. we love people a who are like on vacation right now out of the country i'm like what are you doing no i literally say back there's, here there's a Come handful back. of people and i'm like please tell me you like did a mail-in ballot like please like in turn like, it's like people i don't know but like yeah. you fall on social generally and you're like no, you know, I'm obsessed with Jack Harlow and he's like on tour in England right now. And I'm like, did you vote? Because if That's so, a this, is a, this is a no deal, especially I Kentucky, Kentucky voter. Oh, come on, Jack. We need you. Anyways, that is interesting. Well. Okay, so that's Georgia, guys. In other states, the process of counting votes can be long and complicated, especially as voting by mail becomes more popular. Under Arizona law, for example, all ballots must be returned by 7 p.m. on Election Day. That is so early. Like, that is literally start of dinner time for me. But okay. But officials have 20 days to finalize their counts. Nevada counties have four days to count late arriving mail ballots and give voters two more days to fix mail ballots that arrive in envelopes with errors or missing information. In some swing states, which, by the way, Nevada is one of them, so I don't know why that's not a little thing. I'm going not nod. Including Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, officials are not allowed to begin validating mail ballots until Election Day. 19 states provide a grace period to receive mail ballots as long as they were sent by Election Day. Such ballots in California can be received up to seven days later. So, in other words, this could take a while. I think this is totally going to be a rewrite of 2020 where there's going to be some that we know right away, like the classic kind of ones where they're just landslides, like, beyond, Mm -hmm. and a lot that we're waiting for for a few days. I really really see that. I think we're going to see that more and more as mail and ballots become more and more popular. Yep. Totally. Yeah. I actually have not filled out my ballot yet. I'm going to do that today. I have my friends coming over. Y'all thought I wasn't going to pull up the voting party and I'm doing it tonight. Who was doubting this? Um, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was doubting myself and most of my friends are even out of town, but I got a small group and we're, we're doing the damn thing. So got to study my ballot. I got, you want to see how many pages I have? How many pages yeah, how is yours? Is Let me actually, I can open mine. Ready? Well, mine's only one. There's only one? Yep. Is that New, New York, York or Vermont? Yeah, Vermont. And I have two ballot proposals. Samantha. The- I have oh, 10 you. pages. Two. Front and back. Two. Four. Six. Eight. Ten pages. <laughs> How is that possible? Yours is only one. Uh, I guess you guys like how only have one congressperson, so that makes sense. <laughs> that is a fair point. Yeah, one congressperson. You have like two people see. in Vermont. You've got, hey, 
600,000. <laughs> um, yeah, 10 total pages. My particular. <laughs> I mean, this might be different where you are in California. I'm in San Francisco, so we also have city props. So that is taking up some space, I'm sure. So I don't think every California voter has 10 pages. But if you live in a big city in California, you probably do. But nonetheless, it's motherfucking election day. For tomorrow, we have our episode with V from Under the Desk News, which we're super excited about because we talk all about just news and how to get quality news. And another just note for tomorrow, it's going to come out probably midday because we're going to do our intro and talk about any results that come in from election night. So we'll wake up early and, and record anything that, that breaks from election night and include that in the episode. So it'll be out a little bit later, but... We did it. We made it to election day. You have hours left. And if you've already voted or you have your voting plan, check on seriously everyone you know. Like, it's so, so important. And like we said, it can come down to one to like 10 to 50, however many people. And if we all check in on friends and make sure people mm -hmm. are turning out to vote, seriously, it can make a huge difference. It could literally like just shut down this honestly red wave that people are even talking about. Like, it's that important that everyone gets out to vote so i don't even know what to say anymore because it's nice, just crazy speechless. that it's election day and it kind of feels like the last day of school you know <laughs> like something <laughs> yeah no i know exactly what you mean like you know like, that feeling where it's like it's like it's kind of nostalgic in a way okay a thousand percent mostly because i been going through I've been trying to organize some of our photos and seeing just like things from like the last year like accomplishments and like whatever and it is it does feel like a yearbook close of note moment Total obviously we're not going moment. anywhere just but like one of those things where it's like oh wow I can't believe that happened this year oh my god that happened in this like like really weird oh but I do regardless of that um we have another amazing episode coming next week and the week after and the week after so stay tuned mm -hmm. guys totally I want to make a big, a big splashy note that no matter what happens on this particular election day, we have so much more work to do, so much more learning to be had, and so many action items to be done and to take action on. So stick around, yeah. share the show with a friend, get more and more friends, civically engaged with Girl on the Gov, Girl on the Gov the podcast. Doesn't it's never too late to get civically engaged, and we are here for it now, and totally. we're here for it tomorrow and the next day, and so on. So keep yeah. on learning with this us election likely won't be a fairy tale of magics and rainbows so there's going to be tons of work to do post this election obviously we can slow things down it's not going to be election time so it's going to be a great time for you to continue your civic learning mm -hmm. convince your friends encourage them to continue their civic learning so that they come to the next election day more prepared i mm -hmm. think a lot of people's and. friends including my own are like still not as engaged as they can be and so there's tons of work to do on that and you can even do that on a personal note in your life to the people in your life right. and make sure that they stick with it and 2023 there's there are elections there mm -hmm. are elections in 2023 so you should never be tuning out but definitely don't tune out yeah. after these election results are you know tied up and put into a you know a little package there's so much work to be done we're going to be here we're going to be doing the work with you all. So hope you because there's other work besides electoral work they're beyond. Gonna, we're going to be calling senators. We're going to be emailing senators. It's going to it's not going to stop. There's still tons of work. So stick with us. We'll be Do here. For it. You. We will. Um, One last note, though, just because I don't remember if we said full full deets of tomorrow's episode because we want you to be in on the news. We felt like this was the perfect drop in timing of this episode, which we recorded a few weeks ago with one of our good friends, V Spear from Under the Dust News. You're going to love this episode. We go in so many directions. But of course, because we want you to go follow Under the Dust News and be up on all of the election news that'll be coming out, that V will be covering as everything is happening. So learn about what V does, how Under the Dust News started, so much. There's so much tea in this episode, too. Like, holy bananas. Go do it. Go listen in. Happy tomorrow. election day. Blah, 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 blah. We made it. And we'll be talking to you tomorrow and the next week and the next week after that. So don't be scared. <laughs> Toodles.
Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.